That was such a non-publishing thing. Yeah, that 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 company just sells books to to the writers so they can have a box to sell to their family and friends. I think so. It was never properly published. Where it's it was on it was on the internet and it was available, but they stopped printing it. Because I bought it. it. You you brought it and thank you for buying it. How do I spell your last name? O apostrophe L. Mm-hmm. O U G H L I N. O apostrophe L. Sorry. G H. Oh, I'm sorry. O L O U G H L I N. O L. I'm sorry, Ruben, fucking retarded. One more time. O L. Oh, oh, okay. O U G H L I N. Oh, got it. It's right here. Right here. Mm-hmm. Come on, dude. Is it available, though? Because I think I saw this recently. It's temporary out of stock. See, that, that's what I saw. And I was so psyched to see that page. I saw it recently, too. I'm just delighted to see that page. Okay, and then cool. temporarily off. Well, I'll have to get them copies. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's from the uh, Sistine Chapel in Michelangelo. And when I was in Rome last year, oh, wow. the uh, tour guide told a little story. that I was with, I was traveling alone, and the uh, tour guide was uh, showing us around two or three, three, three couples. Three other couples and, and myself. So these three couples were listening intently to the story that she tells, and they didn't realize that it it was true. That back in you know, medieval and early Renaissance times, the popes were still pretty much like gangsters. So so this is what he said. This is, <laughs> this, she, yeah, popes. She, she begins popes. Yes, yeah. she yeah. said, uh, okay. Well, I, I want to tell you something about the uh, Sistine Chapel. The Pope Sixtus sent word to to Florence from from Rome inviting him to come paint the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. And he said, Bah, I'm a I am a sculptor called 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 Da Vinci. Called Da Vinci. Pope Pope looks, <laughs> Pope looks right. this tells like a joke, but it's true. Yeah. He must look around and can you believe this guy? He sends word a second time. I'm asking you to come to the Vatican as the Pope. To, po- to paint the Sistine Chapel ceiling. Yeah. Bah, get Da Vinci. I am a sculptor. Can you believe this fucking guy? Third time he contacts him, <laughs> he says the same thing. Pope says to him, let me explain something. If you don't come here and paint my ceiling, I'm going to send an army and kill every man, woman, and child in the city of Florence. How do you feel about that? Yeah, very, get Da Vinci. Very, very, very <laughs> I'm a sculptor. <laughs> wow. No, so he was just like, oh, fuck, let me get this done. Yeah, he, he, he did it begrudgingly. And, you know, I lean in because the, the three couples, they're from middle America. They were they were shocked. They, they, looked, they were so uncomfortable hearing this mm-hmm. because it really happened. Yeah, and he really would have done that. Yeah, yeah right? of course. And they're so uptight and uncomfortable. And I lean in there. And it's such a typical bullshit corny joke and everybody in America wouldn't laugh at it but I lean and go oh so do you mean to tell me 
fucking minute offer that couldn't refuse. They started laughing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but they were let they were bowling over laughing. So hard that when the tour guide starts recovering herself, she goes, Wait, wait, do it again this time with more brando. Or more <laughs> So I said it again with a little more of an accent. A Bronx Italian accent, and they're falling out from laughing. Oh my god! And I think it's because the the, the people were the three couples were so uncomfortable hearing that a pope was threatening to kill women and children if you don't come mm. paint my fucking ceiling, motherfucker. Jesus. You know what, man? And it's something that we've talked about in this podcast. Is like there's there's something to to like comedy that I don't know what it is that that. That one joke that just breaks the tension, sure. And it just, it just, it just feels like a, a a load off your back, especially at the right time. A perfectly timed joke is is amazing. It's an art form. That's why comedy is an art form. Well, and it's a it's a great way to 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 also get over and process like negative emotion. Oh no, yeah. It's it's, it's the therapy of, of of funny, the therapy yeah. of humor. But in public speaking, they they always recommend it. And I hated being contrived, but they would say, "Well, always start with a joke." Yeah, and and you know, a non-funny person trying to deliver a joke was—you can see—it's uncomfortable for them. It's uncomfortable. Okay, let's yeah. get this laugh out of the way so you can get on. But you know, to break the ice. Mm. And uh, but I, I like what you just said. That, yeah, you know, that it's kind of therapy for dealing with processing, you know, horrible shit. I mean, what was what's the what's the saying in comedy? A, a tragedy plus time mm-hmm. equals comedy. Yeah. It sounds a little wow. sick, but it's That's just it's just a little true. You can nice. you can joke about the Titanic now. That yeah. means in hundred years there's yeah. gonna be nine eleven jokes. They oh, are man, man they were already they're fucking yeah. already I see what you mean, yeah. dude. They were fucking um what's his name? Somebody I, I remember I was listening to a podcast and somebody was saying how he got banned out of a comedy club because the day after he made a nine eleven joke. Oh, Gil they don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Well Gil Godfrey doesn't have a filter. Yeah. Yeah. Gil yeah. Godfrey does yeah, not yeah. give a fuck. And and also too, man, like if you look back in history, uh, if you look throughout history, comedians as well as just artists and musicians in general, they always have some kind of, the best artists always have some kind of fucked up childhood or, or fucked up life. Like, you look at Richard Pryor or Kinnison, or you look at, fuck, look at Louis C.K. He's a fucking sexual, uh, he probably has like some kind of sex addiction or something like that, you know? Uh, what? Uh, the uh, the controversy that just came out about him, you know. Actually, I don't know. Uh, the Louis C.K. one. Yeah. You want to explain it? Is, wait, is, is there a second one, or are you talking about the the one? Wait, yeah, yeah. So Louis C.K. basically, <laughs> um, he got exposed for, um, basically like like being a sexual predator or, or like sexually assaulting. What I actually, I don't. Really he even know. he was um he jerked off. Basically, he, 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 there's these like, two girls he brought from his crowd. He yeah. just took his dick out. Yeah. yeah, he took his dick out, but then he said, hey, guys, do you mind? I don't want to have sex with you. I just want to jerk off in front of you. And the girls, they were kind of young and timid, and they didn't really know how to say no, especially somebody who, uh, uh, some kind of, somebody who has like a, who's high in the social hierarchy. You know, you don't really know what to say. So they didn't really want to say no. Yeah, out, yeah. Right? So he just took his dick out and started <laughs> j- and looked them intensely in the eye and started jerking off. And it's just unloaded into a plant. That's got to be the yeah. That's yeah, a grown ass man just like yeah, he just peering he, into your soul while he busts a nut to your face, thing, not dude, even doing anything. Like just, dude, it's not even that, dude. <laughs> the funniest shit about the whole article when it was when he got exposed is he nutted on a fern. It was like he nutted in a, in a pot 
a plant pot. Oh. He didn't even come on them, come on the floor. He literally was like, oh, oh, and then ran towards a plant and just busted out on the plant. <laughs> on the fucking branch. <laughs> like, that, you gotta be some kind of sick fuck to go and just start nutting on sunflowers. I don't know. Well, at least, I don't know. I, that's still a terrible situation to be in for those yeah. girls, obviously, but... Yeah. They didn't press charges. They yeah, just said how uncomfortable it was for them. They agreed, but they felt after actually processing the events that happened after that the reason the why they agreed to it is because how could you say no to someone to like that? Nah, like, you're bro. a fan of him. Yo. So then it kind of was like, <laughs> well, you're taking advantage of your fans. Like, why are you taking fans in a crowd? And the thing is, that's just how the society is nowadays because, dude, you fucking 1970s, 1980s, fucking Led Zeppelin, fucking, they took you from the, from, like, the it was a, yeah, it was like, was it. it was something to be proud of. Like, you know, that Led Zeppelin, they invited me in the back and they fucking blew my back out all night. Like, you know High what I'm saying? Nowadays, yeah. you can't do shit like that. You can't just be picking out fans because the next day you'll be in the fucking news. Like, but back then, Arcadia, there was no hashtag like me too. Situation. Well, Jimmy Page, speaking of Led Zeppelin, um, I, yeah, know, yeah. I know a thing about, a yeah. thing true about Led Zeppelin. Jimmy Page was uh, one of his main group here in around 1973. This couldn't happen today. He'd be in jail. Yeah. And he's one, of the, he's one of my favorite people on earth, so I don't want to see him free. But uh, he had a 15-year-old groupie. Oh, I heard about yeah, that like, shit. Yeah. He'd get in a lot of trouble for that shit today. I mean, hey, R. Kelly. Yeah, R. Exactly. Kelly used to have a whole bunch of them. He's and still, I'm pretty sure like, he, still ha- he still does. I, I, had, I watched that, um, what was that? R. Kelly, I forget what it, it was called exactly, but it was pretty much like him and his um his sexual addiction and him just surviving R. Kelly. Yeah, that that's what it was. Surviving R. Kelly. Yes, I watched that and it was fucked up, man. It, like he gave these young women these fantastical ideas of helping them pursue their career in music. Some of which they did because they also talked about him and Aaliyah, but there was also other like nameless young females who fell into this whole, he's R. Kelly and I can't say no to him. He's promising all this and he's just using you as a sexual object. And he, and the way he treats them, it was, he kept them locked up in like, in like apartment complexes, like caged windows, like gated in these, and yeah, these young girls, like barely 18 could, never get in touch with their parents because oh, he was like their father like they called him daddy it was rid- it was ridiculous it was crazy to me that's so out of control yeah it's it's fucked up that's what I'm like so I, there has to be what is it the influence of maybe not just like music artists just anyone of influence or like some kind of infamy or is known out in the world they have that power or even over the, the youngest minds Yo, Louis C.K. apparently, like, grabbed some girl by the neck and, like, leaned into her ear and said, I'm going to fuck you. Wow. That was, how recent was that? Kind of boss. Classic pickup well, line. <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with that. No, I, I had a friend, in, in, I, used to, I wasn't going to college, but my friends were going to college up in uh, SUNY Purchase, musicians and artists. Oh, I've been there. It's a really nice campus. It's a really fine campus. I used to just go up to hang out and be part of the college experience without the books. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Music. uh parties so a friend of mine Eric uh, Johnson I idolized this guy he was so good looking so funny so talented he'd be in, in the bar talking to a girl and 
she say something witty or clever, and then he'd say, "Oh, see, now I have to fuck you." And not get in trouble. <laughs> not only not get in trouble, but he oh, got he got paid. Said, I gotta fuck you now. Yes. I didn't want to. Well, now just, I kind of I don't have a choice. And he he was just a champion. He just he was <laughs> that girl willingly went hey, home well, with him. You took the words right out of my mouth, sir. She was just this, like, oh, you know what? I guess you're right. Like, well, you do have a good point there. Sir. I know being around the bush now. That's gonna beat off on your fucking face. <laughs> beat off on her bush, you know. <laughs> oh my god! Oh wow! <laughs> he had the class not to whip out his cock and not jerk off. In front the, of him. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Fuck, man. So I heard. Um, fuck. You know what? I I, I want to bring it back. I want to bring this a whole full circle, right? So we were talking about oh. earlier. We we were talking about how like comedy is a great way. Is is a <laughs> comedy? Why are you laughing, Joseph? Just a funny ass like transition. No, 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 we <laughs> no, no. did. No, because it, honestly, when I tell this story, you're gonna be like, Nelson, where the fuck did this come from? So I gotta set it up, okay? I gotta because sometimes my mind is so out there that you're gonna be like, bro, you can stick me in an insane asylum. So sometimes mm-hmm. I gotta set it up, right? Okay, so we're talking about how like comedy is a great way to get over tragedy, right? So, um, and this this joke is also a sexual joke. It's kind of it starts out dark, but it ends out okay. <laughs> so Let's get um, it. I'm working. I'm, wor- I'm, I'm working late night. I'm um, I'm partners with this guy, um, and he is the most experienced paramedic that I've ever worked with. He's got 30 years of EMS under his belt, 20 years as a paramedic, most of it 911. He's seen it all. He's done it all. He's trained more paramedics than uh, than you know. Anyway, so he tells me a story, right? Because. You know, we start we start talking about all, all a host of things, and he tells me that he's he's an army veteran, and that's how he got into uh, emergency medicine, right? So we're talking 1980s. What 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 was what was happening in 1980s? 1980s? Yeah, 1980s. Crack epidemic. <laughs> Ronald Reagan just say no to drugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. VH1 like, and show. No, I'm saying like uh, military war. wise. Yeah. Uh, I think. Um, oh, I all we had was just a. Grenada. We, there was really no war going yeah, on. It. Yeah. Well, he's a, he's like fifty something, so I would say so he I probably was, served in the eighties. Maybe the 80s. like so. Maybe, maybe late now. Building, no, build, maybe, no, maybe no. Um, building up like the, um, the Cold Gulf. War. Gulf no. War. Was that Gulf wasn't war. No, that wasn't until the nineties. Nineties. No, the, the Cold sure, War was the seventies. I'm pretty sure right? because besides just um, you know, was it stopping the Russians from taking the Middle East? No, the nineties sure was Desert had, Storm, wasn't it? Uh, yes. No. No, but so that's re- that's generally like, that's referred to as the like, first Gulf War. Oh fuck! Any, any wars? Eighties? Um, Check it out. It was it was the first Gulf War. First Gulf War. Eighty-five to ninety-one. Okay, so I think it was that. I'm pretty sure it was that. Yeah, I'm totally wrong. So I, I, I must be um, too high. But, but he he was telling me when. He <laughs> <laughs> but he was. He, oh no, ninety was, to ninety-one. Okay, so nothing in the eighties. So he was just saying he was deployed, right? Long story short, he was deployed. Cold right? War is the only option. So, oh yeah, but even that, they were really frantic. Yeah. But but anyways, he was deployed, whatever, all this shit going on. He's training. He said he's a few years in. He's almost done, right? He said that they get a new rookie, right? So everyone goes home for, for the holidays. The rookie stays and a few of his, few of his, uh, his, uh, his, uh, his squad mates, they stay with him, right? So, they... What they do during the holidays is they work out during the day, they sweat out the hangover, they go eat a big meal together, and then they go out and hit the town and get drunk and do it all over again, right? (laughs) 
But on the last day, they said, you know what? I won't, let's get the rookie so fucking blasted, he doesn't even know who the fuck he is. So oh, wow. they go out of town. They get this rookie blasted, right? And he says, now there's this guy. He, he's a big guy himself. He was like, you see how big I am? Imagine twice as big. The guy I'm talking to is like 220, six foot one. He said, this guy is six foot five, 320 pounds. He said, I would still need a gun to kill this guy. And he said, he was huge, big black guy. He goes, you get the rookie drunk. You go out in the town and we're all blacked out. We went to go, we went to go out to get him drunk until he doesn't know who the fuck he is. All of us didn't know who the fuck we were. So we all wind up going our separate ways, and then we the next morning we all told each other crazy stories like, "Yo, I ended up in this chick's house, or I ended up in a, sleeping in the fucking bushes, and whatever." Turns to find out the next morning that that big black guy took this eighteen year old rookie. Exactly, didn't drink. He didn't drink, and they thought it was weird. Took this eighteen year old poor rookie kid back to the barracks, his room. Everyone else is out. Because they, they all pass out drunk in the middle of the streets. You know what I'm saying? You're a fucking, you're a fucking Marine. Like, you pass out in the middle of the street, nobody's going to touch you and shit. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, so nobody came home and stuff. He chained that poor rookie up to his bed, tied his mouth shut, and fucking raped him for 24 hours straight. Jesus fucking This is Christ. taking place in the 80s. I forgot how this came up. I think we were talking about hashtag Me Too and uh, all this shit. We were talking about like uh, this wild stuff and yeah, 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 something yeah. led to that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yes. And um, so he's telling me this story. And he's like, yeah, you know, the, the the guy wound up doing like twenty five years, and um, he's out now. He's like, and, the, and it's crazy because you know, as egregious as that crime is, he's walking free right now. He probably has a family, a nice little home. And he's walking around, and nobody will ever know that he did that to that poor kid. And that could be the person you're sitting next to on the bus. And that's just the reality of it. And then I said, hey, man, well, what happened to the kid, man? The kid must be fucked up, man. Like, how many years of rehabilitation? He was like, this is the 80s, brother. We're fucking Marines. They were going to be like, okay, cool. That happened. Get over it. Bang out 20 push-ups. Bang out 20 push-ups. Push that shit in the back of your mind. We got a mission to do. You want to stay here? And the kid was like, yeah. And, they, an and I said, for my ass? Yeah, yeah, can I get an axe Please? back for my asshole? Please. These are the fucking Marines. It's the 80s. You know what I'm saying? They it's take pride in surviving as little as on as little as possible. They're like, fuck therapy. You need therapy? Go to the gun range, fucking pussy. Right? So, Christ. right? It's they tell the kid. So this is what happens. <laughs> but guess what? Check this out, right? So on in the trial, I said, so the kid wound up saying in your platoon. He was like, no, no, no. They 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 made him go to recruiting. I said, why didn't they make him go to recruiting? Instead of, because you just said that he was supposed to say in the platoon. He was like, well, when they went to court, the way he answered the questions were a little funny. So they figured he's probably better, best not to serve. And I'm thinking, oh, he probably was just saying some crazy shit, like how depressed he is. He's like, no, no, not at all, not at all. He goes, when they asked him, well, why didn't you yell out? And he goes, well, I did for the first hour. But after that, <laughs> it didn't start to feel so bad. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, so it was just, I'm telling you, the same look that you guys had, I just, I'm telling you, like tears are running, down, like tears are swelling up my eyes. I'm like, that's such a horrible, dark story. And tears is rolling down his eyes, like, you know, like you can see him tearing that, up. Like but when he, but I said, well, what happened to the kid? 
And he tells me that one line. And he was just like, well, why didn't you yell out? Why didn't you scream for help? There was somebody next door. Well, you know, the first hour I tried to yell, but after that, it didn't feel so bad. <laughs> it's a problematic joke in there. That <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ, dude. But, and back, crazy. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's you, so crazy. You, what I found crazy about that, even though it was a joke, mm-hmm. right? Even if he had said, oh, you know, I have a little bit of PTSD. He's got a little bit of psychological problems. They say, well, who in the fucking Marines in the 80s doesn't? You know what I'm saying? Report back yeah. to your fucking your fucking squad right the only reason why he got sent back and he was thought to be unfit for duty and got a job as a desk as a desk jockey is because they thought he might have been homosexual because he had made that comment well i'm i'm starting i'm starting after an hour it didn't i guess it didn't start to feel so bad so they thought that that was more of a psychological impairment than him wow. actually getting raped, it was that he actually thought that he enjoyed it. How fucked up is that? That's the Jeez, sick part. That's, that's the sick that's part. That's the fucked up. Part. That's the even worse part. Yeah. yeah. Wow. How do you even come to think that? Like that's exactly. Wow. I had to break it down when I was in the shower yeah. to myself, and I was like, "Holy shit!" If he would have thought he was so fucked up, that would yeah. Been like, I was yeah. just gonna ask you like, that would have been like, like, maybe, maybe let's say let's say the um, the marine that raped this poor uh, rookie. What if he caught on that this kid was gay? And he just didn't know how to. That's what I'm saying. How he did, he, he just didn't know how to come out because like, he's a marine. And he's trying to be more of a man, so he chooses to join the marines, realizing joining the marines is not going to change the fact that he still likes men, or he just wants to be with a man. So the fact that this bigger dude probably has had more. Maybe he maybe he's done his uh, his fair share of like. On the down low, because there's straight men who fuck on the tr- DL. Yeah, on the DL, man. There's a lot of people who do that. It's crazy. It's intense to even think of that. But maybe he's had his experiences. Because it's not it's not gay to be getting like fucked or getting sucked off. It's only gay if you're the one doing it or taking it. That's something. That's how they would think. Yeah, yeah. So he felt those notions from this kid who is, you know. Living with other It's only men. gay if you like it, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, instead of coming out I clean, closed my eyes the whole time, man. It's not gay. <laughs> and we cried the first hour, and then just... We After that, I, it didn't feel so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Fucking crazy. Yeah, though, but that last comedic relief is just like, it literally stopped me from crying. Like, yeah. I felt so bad. Like, I'm looking in all you guys' eyes. Your fucking eyes all yeah. started to water yeah, up and shit. Just, and you're like, damn, that's dark, dude. And then when I told that joke, everyone was kind of just like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, dude, I'm telling you, oh, there's so- something to comedy. It was just like, you need comedy, man. And we, we you know, I don't know if you guys watched the new Dave Chappelle I just Asian. saw it two days ago. The new, yeah. the new Netflix. His shit was, was raunchy. He and goes raw. there. The, really? There's no line he won't cross. It's as though he he came out with this new material and said, "Okay, what are the all the taboos right now?" Yeah, because I'm breaking them. Bro, you know what? I I have a feeling. I feel like he was still in Africa watching these stand up comedy, watching Kevin Hart, and like, look at these safe, fucking cheesy, fucking family jokes. Mm. Fuck that. I pay homage to Pryor. I pay homage to Kinnison. Fuck this shit. I'm going to show you how it was real comedy. And he came back to the U.S. and said, he said, get the fuck out of my throne. Absolutely. And he's been dropping heat. How many specials he's released in the year? Two years? Four? Four. Three or four. Four. Something like that. 
What Kevin Hart does one every two years? You guys know. I ha- actually I felt I followed Listen, if comedy it's a long time ago. Never dude, I love right now, comedy, bro. Love. Oh yeah, he has to be up to comedy. five. I'll stay up late night watching yeah. fucking. Oh, who's oh the fuck? Jesus Christ, I'm so fucking embarrassed that I don't remember this guy's name. The guy that was he was really funny, but he was very political. Carl. No. George Carlin? George Carlin. That dude, if you ever want yeah, to be political yes. if you ever want to be enlightened but not too disheartened by the 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 obvious atrocities of the world. Not to be too you you want to be enlightened, but Put down softly, you know what I'm saying? Because in enlightenment, it's almost you have to come to the realization that, that life is is fucking suffering, you know, and you got to get past that barrier. But but Carlin had a beautiful way of letting you know that this shit sucks, but you might as well enjoy it. You might as well find some humor in the fucking suffering, because if you're not, you're gonna go fucking Crazy. insane. Yeah, he, he made he made brilliant social comments, but while being funny. And Pryor had a way of making brilliant, profound, and insightful things about life and suffering while making you, you laugh. And that, mm-hmm. I think that's such a... And there's genius. And there's talent in there. There's not, it's it's, not it's so valuable. It's, you know, court jesters used to serve that purpose. They were allowed to, to cross certain lines where, that would get other people beheaded. So there's always been somebody in society to, to, to soften the blow of, of the madness of human behavior. So like a role in life, there's always someone to fill it. Uh, even if you didn't know there's that role to be filled, someone will. Yeah. And Carlin, imagine. Carlin, feel it. Carlin was, was 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 he's a very deep guy. He was he was an amazing yeah, guy. No, he, and, yeah, and, and, and while was, he was doing so, while he's being funny, I'm sorry, while he's making a point, he's making you laugh your ass off. Yeah, exactly. That, 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 that's amazing. And Chappelle is now that guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. Chappelle. Since before he left, he was that guy. He tried to him like him and um, in my opinion, the Boondocks were. Shows that cross that line, especially in trying times, because shit then was still is still relevant now. It's just they decided to go there and take it there, even if no one else would, because they knew they they had to. They knew that they had some kind of influence that they needed to share that with his their own people. Sure. And it just sucks that nowadays you don't really feel that's why you know Chappelle's back. I haven't seen it, but. Knowing him, he's he's still the same before he, he He's the GOAT, man. This guy, I'm telling you, he was running with the best when he was 19. You hear Joe Rogan talking, talk about him? Um, and Joe Rogan podcast, he was like, dude, he could, when he was 19, 20, he didn't want to follow Chappelle. You know what I'm yeah. saying? This dude was 16 years old with a fucking mic and an amplifier. In in it just he would just go to fucking to the to, to to a random park with an amplifier and a mic and just start telling jokes and whoever he and Richard Pryor used to do that shit. Richard Pryor used to he used to just take a mic and an amplifier and just tell jokes in the in in public. Modern and just, day philosopher. And, yeah, exactly. And just <laughs> and, and and you know what? And that's why I love. I don't know. You've been to Philly, right? Yeah. Who's been to Philly? Never if you if you ever go to oh, Philly, as a kid as the Liberty Bell, by the way, it's like this fucking big. Yeah, is it? Yeah, I thought, you know. Oh, I thought it was some guys, fucking videographers, <laughs> right? Like they get those always manipulating fucking. I wonder what it says on the bell. 
Shit. Liberty or justice, these nuts, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. <laughs> Liberty or justice, these nuts, motherfucker. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That should be on I every dollar. Every oh dollar my bill. god. Christ. But uh, yeah, on, on the dollar it says, "In God we trust." What God is it? God or is it gold? They're just missing the L. Oh, oh shit! Yeah. What, what is your God? Oh, yeah. your, your God is money, so that's what we trust. Yeah, Our God is money. Well, no, that's what yeah. that's what this government's God is, and you, we have to you know abide by it. You know what? I always man, it's it's one of those things that I just it's so hard for me to process how we were. Cheers, cheers guys. Hello, gentlemen. Uh, fuck my mom's calling me. So it's clear wanna, that it's clear that we're, Joe, we're, Joe we're is the Jamie. That, that huh? my mom is called. It's clear that Joe is the Jamie. <laughs> I am the Jamie. You are the Jamie. Yeah. Text her back. I am, yeah. Yeah. Text her like, yo, busy. It's okay. We're gonna edit all this out. No, no, I'm gonna keep some of it. Like, what's funny with it? It's funny. Keep Thank you. I mean, Joseph getting pressed by his mom is pretty funny. Yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> pressed. I pressed. do get pressed. Oh shit. And Press is like is like. When you're oh, for crying harassed. out loud in my old Jesus, yeah. scary, <laughs> like I'm pressing you, like yo, bro, what's going on, man? Like, bro, That's you got a problem, wow. bro? Okay. Yo, stop pressing me, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just yeah, like, bro, why are you pressing smooth. me like that, bro? Okay, okay. 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 yeah. So, um, <laughs> how is God so intertwined into American society, but we still believe in? The separation, separation between church, church and state. state. How the fuck does that happen, right? It doesn't. It can. It can. It can, but it's it can. Not. I would, I would disagree with that. Okay. Respectfully. Okay. No, but definitely true. I think by, I think by saying, okay, so the way that I, I feel like the way that, it was definitely, because we believe. Right, uh, uh, American society was built upon the ability to choose what religion to worship. Right, which yep. God to worship. Yes. Right. Well, but at the same time, we've we've noticed that Christian society, uh, uh, American society, is mostly dominated by Christianity. Right. So why God? Right. Why? Why? Why say you can worship any kind of God? But in in God we trust, knowing that the per- people who wrote that were all Christians, right? But I feel like they were a little bit they when they wrote in God we trust. What they were basically saying is no, not our God. We are just saying God as a filler for for whatever higher being is out there. And and we are too flawed. We believe in the sanctity of the individual. I don't oh, forget it. That's a stupid. Forget it. Well, that's a pretty good idea. Yeah, the sanctity of the individual cannot even be judged by us. I don't so I can't. I can't say right. Like these laws to freedom of speech, these laws of of. Uh, 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 worshiping whatever religion you want, right? The, all the amendments, they're not given to us by just us. We're not saying you can just have them. These are God-given rights. That's what Indiana believes. Right? It's in the, in the, in, mm-hmm. And the God part is just, it's just us just trying, to, it was just them just trying to convey that 
we're it's not just us who are allowing who are allowing this thing it's it's these are things that are granted to us by whatever higher power it is but there's what other word can you come up with it uh come up with that like besides god like what else do you say i don't think they took it that far or like they thought of it in that way i thought they just i really think it was more just whatever god you worshiped I feel not, like not they were like I feel like they were wise mind. enough to know that in saying in God we trust. Yeah, yeah. You know you know that you can't build a society without a superior moral values. You mean like just right? moral superior values? moral values, right? Because if you just build a society based based on let's say they excluded all that, right? Mm-hmm. They're very they're all scientists. And they just stated, you know what I'm saying? It's it's in saying in God we trust. Mm-hmm. I saying by saying God, they're 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 committing themselves to a higher set of values that mm-hmm. are against the natural human inclination. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people think that if humans were left to their own demise without a God and we were all atheists, that we would somehow figure out a way to get along and 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 figure out well the way to get ahead in society is 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 to love one another and be kind and atheists would just figure this out but i think that that's that's wrong i think we do need some sort of spiritual guide and that's why i find religion so important is because i i think that we we think too highly of ourselves i don't think humans are wise enough to come to that point by themselves we do need religion we do need that guidance to, to say because I feel like if it was just left to humans without religion to figure out the best way to form society what's so I'd be chaotic I'd what's be, so what's so irrational un- about just being a psychopath right I'm looking out for me 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 I'm trying to get it it's me and my family it's just me it's just me and society I'm, I'm fuck Joseph like I'm trying to climb to the top right they ain't no God like this is just me I gotta get as much money and put my parents as much like whatever like you know what I'm saying? I don't believe in hell. Fuck yeah, I could fuck Joseph. Like, you, oh, hey, yo. Whoa. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I could fuck over Joseph. I could fuck over Joseph as much as I want, but as long as I'm getting ahead, fuck this motherfucker, right? Joseph is but not what stops you? Right what stops no. you from that, right? What stops you from that, right? Like a higher moral value, right? Higher moral values. What makes you even right? And, and a lot of people think like, oh, well, you can get to that state by being an atheist, but mm-hmm. I don't think so. No. I- I think well, they call themselves humans. I think that's I think that's uh, okay. No, I, I see what you're saying, but like at that point, I don't think we need it now. I think like growing stages in terms I of like do, human. I do. I would like, have to disagree. I think no, we I do need it now it. more than ever. No, I feel like I at that point. Look at the the the. I mean, with every, and feel free to chime in, Chris, because you're the specialist on this. But I feel like, with now, more people are going. More going to uh moving away from religion as as yeah. as we progress as society yeah. but i feel like everyday interactions aren't as pleasant i feel like this is a more lonely and isolated place than ever i mean you're 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 saying you, you we're we're better off without religion i just don't i don't agree with that well like our society would be better off without without believing this uh high, higher you can just look at states that higher moral value. You could look at states where they're governed by the religion, but then they have no secular like no secular part to them. They're not separated by church and state. They're just 
Like, just look at the Muslim, some Muslim countries. No, but we are separated. And, I know. We, oh, but yeah, the yeah. thing is, the fact is, we are separated by church yeah. and state, right? It's cool. Period. But why is a God mentioned in our laws and in our constitution? Because the, why is the that? forefathers are probably God-fearing. Was church and state, uh, was that a thing before or after we started writing the constitution? All of those years. It's got to be before, because when the pilgrims arrived, they were... They were they're religious. Yeah. Well, they they came to 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 escape persecution for being religious nuts. Yeah. Well, they were, they were religious fanatics. Oh, they were. The Puritans, sure. Oh. Now, the guys that that wrote the Constitution were, were some of the key players in in the, in on this side of the Atlantic in, in the Enlightenment movement. You know, the Enlightenment movement was was getting people away from religious fanaticism mm-hmm. and into a a a, a, a liberated. Uh, secular, free thinking, hence enlightenment, you know, way of, of looking at life and and how to run a society. Yeah. But there was spillover, of course, you know, like you Obviously. said, you know, predominantly Christianity. There's plenty of spillover, and, a lot, and most people still they, they believed in in a, in, a, in God. But you know, the Enlightenment period was a time to say, wait a minute, now. This, this, this insanity with the Catholic Church just like running the world like gangsters, and like I said with that first joke, which they were, the Enlightenment. So I think that we're a nation based on, ideally anyway, you know, on, on Enlightenment principles, mm-hmm. and, and that's why, you know, it's, it's secular, but, you know, of course, like Nelson is mentioning that, you know, yeah, but there's, there's you know. There's separation of church. Yeah, so but there's also mention of God on the money. You know, so so it's funny that we, we we separate church and state, but we have a thread of God, or the idea of God, or a Judeo-Christian God. In, in a sense. Well, 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 yeah. I mean, sure. That's what one of the things you were saying before too. Like, you know, that okay, it doesn't have to be a Judeo-Christian God. It's some form. We we, we trust in some form of, of higher uh, original the, the original cause of existence, or, or whatever. However, you may look at it. You know. Yeah. So there's a there's a mastermind to this. So the chaos. Well, that's what his book tries to argue, right? Sure. What kind of God? That's right. I'm trying to deal with what, the, mm-hmm. what is the nature of this infinite being. Right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, not uh, the most original. And, and why does this <laughs> God allow suffering, right? Yeah. Because what kind of God, if he's, what kind of God that knows all things that are best for us would allow us to suffer, right? Right. That's the original. And so and so. But then. It feels like in the uh, within reading your book, it seems like there's a reason for uh, reasoning for the suffering. He included suffering for a reason. And and what do you think that reason is? Well, that's a really loaded question. But uh, (laughs) I would uh, I, I break down where things have to be left to their own devices. Yeah. Elsewise, it's just like pressing a cosmic DVD and pressing play, and there's just this, it's all preordained, it's all written, and it could have been set up <clears throat> so that nobody ever stubs their toe, no one ever gets sick. Yeah. But if it was left that way... <clears throat> boring, honestly, that sounds <clears throat> kind of boring. Apart from being boring, there would be no emotional or spiritual growth. Now, by the way, this whole argument is, is based on the idea that there, there is an original cause yeah, to, to existence. Yeah. You know, an atheist would just not have a conversation with me from this level. 
So if we're if we're talking about okay, in a given scenario where there is a, a God, uh, why would why would suffering be allowed? It's because a things have to be left, and this is my opinion, by the way. You know, mm -hmm. a a things have to be left to their own devices. Otherwise, there's no real merit, claim or blame, just wouldn't be in, in the scenario. But also, if you lived without suffering, as, as terrible as suffering is, mm -hmm. while you live in this incarnation from the time in between being born and dying, the soul wouldn't evolve. You wouldn't, you wouldn't grow. Should it even be necessary to look at it, or? Why do we have to merit it? Why can't? Why couldn't we just have it? Why do we, we have, have to merit, merit this? I, I was mentioning merit about you know having. Well, like some meaning, right? Or yes, yes, yes. There being there being some purpose and meaning mm -hmm. and merit to your existence. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. But what if? Because all right. I've heard where humanity itself is just a giant lucky coincidence. The fact that there were the moon itself is just fragments of another planet that collided with ours and space debris just landed on us after millions of years of evolution. Then came the small speck of life and then from that life turned to other forms of life and then humanity after millions of years of evolution we came about. And the only reason that God was ever introduced or mentioned was simply because the unknown is so scary to the human mind. It's got to be explained. Because like answers to the questions that we have. The fact that we can't that physically have them, we made superstitions or tales or fantastical notions that this is why we came about with this is why every ancient culture every has, ancient culture has, shamanism has, has a origin story an origin myth mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. through yeah. all these and that's really common to the to the human psyche when you, when, yes. when you break it down at any point at any place on the planet every culture came up with a origin mythology and the question is why why did they do that why did they feel the need to come up with an origin story that's a really good question. At one point, it wasn't a story. At one point, it was probably facts. And then, to them, because they, yeah. they, they didn't have the technology that we have now. They weren't like through, looking through microscopes into like infinitesimally small bacteria to find out why this happens. No, they had a reason. Like, the most constant thing to them was probably the blue sky and the sun. Yeah. So they, had, they predicated their entire... Their entire livelihood in their generation because of that one constant in their life that's why they had several different gods a lot of sun worshiping cultures yeah, of course but at the same time if we cut thousands of years maybe you know thousands of years ahead and we bring like christianity or religion into the to these people pretty much i doubt most of these civilizations or these you know you know religion cultures they had the notion of a hell or like a certain like location where after death you'd go and burn for eternity. That was only brought to them because Christianity. So is it worse to have thought? I that? wouldn't say so. The, I, again, the, I wouldn't say it was just Christianity. Oh no, the the the, the Greek myths. Yeah, of course. Like, all right. Yeah. So yes, 
All right, maybe all right. Maybe yeah, but there was Hades in the Greek myth, not in in, in, in the Christian. Because that was like that's where you go when you die. It wasn't the fact that you burned and suffered. Th- that's right. It was just mm, that's, that's where right. you go when you died. And there's, and there's a real good argument you... for hell having been an invention for the purpose of control. Yes. Yes. You yes. have to remember the Catholic Church be... was was the state, and the Catholic Church yeah. uh, dictated what reality is. And in order to have control, you have to put fear into the picture. When you you you, you control with fear. It's not right. It's not good. But it's the most, and it's, 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 and it's most not Christian. But, but <laughs> it, it's how it's way done. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. In most yeah, yeah. cases. So, I found it interesting in the excerpt we read about like how you look at free will, mm-hmm. and um. So, do you believe we have free will? First oh, of all, yeah, I think it's you think? paramount to. Uh, all right, but then. And so why how, do they say free will is a God-given right? Who's they? You said in in our constitution, in our laws, free will is a God given right, right? Why is it in the in the in in the Bill of Rights? So if I kill you, it, it's you know it's obviously okay because God gave me the right to do that of my free will. No one told me to kill you, but I killed you because God gave me that ability to. What the obviously. fuck are you talking about? That, that's, that's my, well, you have free will. Yeah, you have free will. You, you can do you're responsible you for your your, your actions. Here, here's the thing. When you have free will, you're responsible for your behavior. Unless you are mentally ill, your brain's not working, neurotransmitters are misfiring, the chemicals in your brain are out of whack. No, a quote-unquote sane person is responsible for their behavior because they have free will. Okay. And, and, and also, free will is important. Why would you have it? Right? Why, why is it important? Is yeah. that what you're asking? Well, you, 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 if you didn't have free will, you would be nothing more than, and this is going to come up with transhumanism, mm-hmm. when robots start getting realistic and, and start questioning their existence. You know, mm-hmm. But uh, you would be just a programmed robot if you weren't given free will. And why make a universe and, these, and, and let millions of millions of years result in, in, in different people from all over the planet and they're developing their different cultures, but as individuals, why program them to behave in a certain way that, that, that doesn't leave any, doesn't give them any meaning to their life? They're just, they're just a record playing. They're, they're, yeah, they're like programmed. A simulation. Hey, we're part of the yeah. chaos. <laughs> but it, yeah. again, like I, was, like I said earlier, that seems rather boring if that's the case. Absolutely. Let's say, let's say there is a, a higher being who's watching down on us Having everybody do the exact same thing, that's fucking boring. I would fall asleep watching It's that. unbearably boring. Exactly. So or, or how about have, the these, idea? have this person decide to do something ridiculous or have this person do something heinous or this person do something so genuinely nice that it makes you like, wow, that's... I didn't realize people can do things like that. It's that's, such an amazing notion. That's a real crux point because let's, Nelson was talking about... Somebody mentioned... Just, you know, people treating each other with kindness and love, mm-hmm. whether you believe in a God or no, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the how we behave toward Mother one another. Mother Teresa, actually. Mm-hmm. Mother Teresa, like she actually at some point during her um, her um, her missions and teaching, you know, about religion and God, she wrote letters. She didn't send them; to, she wrote them to God herself, and she questioned God's true nature. She even stop believing in God simply because there was all, all the shit that she was doing in, in this life for these people to help them live better lives. Nothing came of it. Nothing was brought to fruition. 
So she questioned God, like, you're not real. There hasn't, there's, there's no way you are a real I being. I can't see they're not being. No, she, she said no. No, I mean the questioning. The most devout believer, if they're a sovereign thinker, mm. is going to have times when they go, hey, listen now, this is just bullshit. You know, this this, no what, what is going on here? Mm. You're allowing, I was walking to the beach, to Orchard, I do this walk I was telling you about. Mm. And uh, I'm walking down the street yesterday and a girl's coming toward me and her whole body's in spasms. And as she passed me, you know, she, she, she sneezed and, and she was unable to control flailing. Mm -hmm. And here I am with, I have these theories, these ideas that I wanna try to make sense of the human condition and, and marry it to the idea that they're that we aren't an accident. I refuse to believe that. Mm -hmm. But you know, the most devout believers can say, well, "Wait a minute, this, this, this kind of suffering is what, what you know." Like we were, all, we we're all asking, "What, what can the purpose be? What, what, what real meaning? Why, 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 why does this poor thing have to be flailing out of control? Why, why can't you help her? Like, would you really? This my this after I wrote this thing ten years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. Just just yesterday morning, I'm saying, I got really upset." Would it upset the balance of your universe if you could just help her a little bit? Yeah. So, you know, we all are going to be, whether you, well, we who, we who believe that we're not an accident. And I don't care what, what you know, I, after my trip to Europe, I, I, my, my Catholicism reawoken. But mm. I, I've been away from Catholicism and the church because of the sick shit. We can curse on this podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Trust me. <laughs> the sick shit with just allowing basically everything short of promoting i mean you're just not punishing these people you know my one of the one of the things i can't deal with in this life is that people abuse children it's just yeah. i can't deal with it yet i really it's one, it's one of those things where you know you think about how horrible people are to each other torture rape horrible things that happen most of those adult on adult Doing horrible things to kids, I can't. That's I can't a whole deal with. Okay? That's a whole. So I even in prison, the, the most violent criminals can respect it. Like even uh, as course. vile as they are, they they will look at that. torture, rape you look at that. in prison look if they know anything yeah. you did is with the with a child. Yeah. So so I walked away from, from the church, but whether you're from a, a particular religion or you're not religious, mm -hmm. anyone who believes that we're not an accident. If they're an honest person, is going to have to deal with these questions. Yeah, of course. Again, even Mother Truth, like I was saying, she she questioned God and the whole purpose of all religion. Yet every day she still went out and preached about a higher being of God and praising like a, her ideals of love, peace, unity, the bringing about the salvation, like salvation of everyone, knowing in the back of her mind that God isn't real. She questioned that every day, and yet she still went and did her duty to help. I think that's incredible, bring, don't yeah. you? I, I, it's, ama that's, that's amazing. It's, it's an amazing devotion amazing. To, to, to trying to assuage suffering. You know, you had mentioned before when you were talking to your, your cousin that about uh, you, you fell in love with medicine. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know, maybe, you know, I'm giving you too much credit, but I got to think that you, you, there's a yeah. certain compassion that yeah. you, you want to help people. Well, I just figured and that... And, what they, um, and, you, and I know you're going to ask, where does that come from? And I think that's yeah. a great question. Yeah. But, you know, it's there. Compassion yeah. is, is, yeah. is is the glue of humanity. Yeah. yeah. But Am also, I right? But I just figured, um, 
I just figured, you know what, I'm, because I, I got to the point to the point where it actually scares my parents. I give so little fucks about money, it scares the shit out of my parents, because especially being the man in the house and the way that uh, Amer- American society is built up, as being especially the first male, right? <laughs> being the first male, um. You're, you're expected you're to take like over the household. Yeah. It's your responsibility when you get to a certain age to take responsibility for the household, right? <laughs> but I give so little fucks about money, it scares the shit out of my dad. I'm like, Dad, I'm I don't help people. I'm like, gonna Dad, I don't give the fuck about yeah. money. Like, I just, but whatever my instincts tells me, I'm like, do that. Let's go. Let's try it out. Fuck it. I got one life. I don't got time for this shit. Absolutely. So, like, in my head, I'm just like, you know what I'm saying? Like growing up, I'm like Brazilian jiu-jitsu sounds cool. I want to learn that, so I yes. went to MMA school and I started doing <laughs> MMA. Fully. I'm like, I'm gonna do that. Shooting a gun sounds cool. Let yeah, me try that. It's very Look. Fun. So then I went to shoot yeah. a gun. I'm like, no wonder why people fall in love with this shit. So I went and shot a fucking gun. And I was like, oh fuck yeah, right? And I'm like, man, I'm. Just, I, a nine is actually very underwhelming. Roaming, by the way. Yeah. A nine millimeter, it's very underwhelming. It's yeah, like a yeah, fucking yeah. toy. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was going to be more of like, I don't know, shooting a fucking gun, but it's, yeah. it's so easy. It's yeah. rather very simple. Uh, what I wanted to say is like, uh, I've noticed that I have been attracted to things that bring meaning to my life. Meaning, not happiness. Because anybody who works a job, doesn't matter how great that fucking job is. You can't rely on happiness because at some point that happiness is going to run out. You might be, you might do, tw- uh, waiting your whole life to get this position of power, right? This, this thing you've been working on and you get that one shitty shift and you're like, yo, fuck this job. Fuck this. Like, I didn't think it was going to be like this. It looks so good on paper. You know what or, I'm saying? Or, or any ideal of what the notion of happiness is to you. Yeah. Be it, uh, I, I, I'm rich enough to have a yacht. A fleet of cars, go wherever I want to, and I attract the opposite sex, and just have nothing but a love, a pleasurable life. Yeah. But it, it will uh, become uh, just typical. It's human nature to become variety um, is the spice of yeah. life. Variety yeah. is the spice of life. Yeah. Well, I've it's got going to become routine, and, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be. What, what you thought it was. Yeah, exactly. And so happiness, like you said, I think yeah. I think it's a great point. You can't rely on happiness. Rely yeah. being in peace inside. Not this yes. re, this this elusive idea of happiness. Because yeah. it's always getting ahead of you. It's always, exactly. I'll be happy when. I'll be, I'll no, be happy when. I think, exactly. I think we want to realize that we're alive now mm-hmm. and be at peace now. Be, yeah, try, be yeah, happy yeah, now. I've just reached that stage and it's an amazing feeling. Like it's an amazing notion knowing that no nothing in this life right now will give me happiness just knowing that I am happy knowing who the man I am now is. I love the man I am. And I'm ridiculously happy. It takes people 50 years Exactly. And it's crazy. It's an amazing insight for young guys to have. I know people a little older than me, they still haven't reached this point because they're still acting like as if You're going to come into it. You're going to see well, you do. We all do. People in their seventies and eighties that never came to that realization. And, and, and it's sad. And it's very sad. And it's really sad. Yeah. But it's very hard for people to reach that because not only do you need life experiences, you just need, as a human being, you need to know what you not only want but need in your life, and that's to look into yourself and realize you, in in my opinion, are not God, but 
as godlike as you can be. You can make anything you want in this life. You just need to not just say it, but have the actions to dictate it and make sure it fucking happens. Because if you just keep talking shit, that's all you're going to do. Just talk the shit. You're going to talk the talk, not walk the walk exactly. as they we, say. We have the power. And the power of the brain and the and, and power of the will combined Most definitely. Is, 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 is an wonderful and, and unbelievable combination that gives you the power to, to live the life that you want. And, and most people, and I think this goes back to things like you were talking about religion and fear, keeping you unaware of the fact that you are an amazing person, you're an amazing being Don't who, can, who, who can reprogram your brain. Mm -hmm. That bike accident that I was telling you about, I mentioned this guy, Joe Dispenza. I recommend to anybody, whether you wind up, if it resonates with you or not, but give, give this, this guy a chance. He, he like you, was riding his bicycle. He's, he's, he was actually, he was doing a decathlon. He was, he was hit by, but knocked off his bicycle, and several of his vertebrae were, were, were shattered. And he was in traction, upside down, face down in hospital for weeks and weeks and weeks. And they're telling him, we have to do surgery on you, or, or otherwise you're going to be crippled for life. And he refused it. And he had, he had some training in, in, uh, in martial arts, but he, he, he believed in the power of the mind. And he, 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 he was put on the spot by life, I guess, and he rose to the occasion. Now, he claims to have laid in that hospital and with the power of the mind, essentially mended his lower spine so that he can walk again after a few months instead of believing that only uh, surgery can keep you wow. from being crippled or the surgery itself can make you crippled. There's a good chance he was facing, like, you're not going to be able you to walk. You took a 50-50 at that point. But we'll, we'll li live as a... As, as a as healthy as normal. Have you ever like Wait. read about those studies that uh, people who stare at a um, a glass of water and thought negative thoughts? Oh yeah, that, and they they've done a microscopic image of it, and mm. it comes out all chaotic and discombobulated. Uh, and then it's the it's the and then they took they took people who only they looked at the glass of water and thought only positive thoughts. Like it's half glass, half full. That's how. Most people see Yeah, but this was, this was, yeah, no, yeah. No. But, but, that, but that, then that's they took, uh, they took Optimism or pessimism? Pe yeah, uh, pessimism. Pessimism, thank you. What he's talking about is Dr. Emoto from okay. Japan. Yes. Took the idea of the fact that we radiate, okay, we're not just isolated in, in ourselves and that we have more power than we realize. Okay, let's do a, at least quasi-scientific uh, experiment about this. And people look at water as it's freezing and feel feelings of loathing and hate and hmm. disgust. And when it crystallized, the patterns were whacked out, were ugly, whatever ugly is, not, not with any particular pattern and unpleasant to look at. Yeah. Well, conversely, when, when a person was asked to look at water as, as it's freezing with feelings of love and compassion, it, it uh, crystallized into these geometric symmetrical pleasing patterns like you looked at it and, and i was like wow this, this, this could be a work too of much art. for yeah, yeah this is too much for coincidence yeah yeah and he did it so many times that it could not have been a coincidence it's yeah. something that they actually scientific coincidence yeah, yeah. in 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 it, it all i have to do is say hey joseph think of the worst things that's ever happened to you ever and think about it for five minutes straight and stare at this water stare 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 then i freeze it and i bring it back to you and then when we look at it on the microscope it looks crazy nothing matches there's no match it's just a bunch of cracks and all this bullshit and there's it's discombobulated 
right? Oh, the yeah. times that brought you the most meaning and just stay in that moment for five minutes as long as you can. And you stare at that water. Then I freeze it. When they unfroze it, it looked beautiful and everything was symmetrical. And it happened every this time. Like, so it like, happened every time. So that's what, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. we as ourselves, we can be gods. We can be godlike. Because like even... Was it even even in like um Eastern like medicine? There's the what key and like the balance of your chi. Oh, oh chi, yeah. Your chi, you know, yeah. and all that. If you were able to like become one with yourself and you know just balance everything in life, you were able to match this level of not just the human mind but the human spirit itself. You can use it as both a weapon for offense and defense. Yeah. So. The thing like if you just concentrate on something so much so in the right sense, you will accomplish something far greater in the right sense. But if yeah. you solely focus on the evils that you can do as much as you can do, of course you're gonna reach you're gonna reach that level. You will do that because nothing will stop the human mind, yeah. the human body. But knowing that if you were thinking that horrendously, it will be even much more horrendous when you do commit said act or cr- like but crime. For that same reason, I don't think we have total free will. For that exact same reason. But because in, in, in I sense, think I think whatever being that we would look into, or like you're looking for, has that free will. Because they don't have the so like for like so like chi right. With like chi, or like the yin yang kind of um, yes. ideal. It's very 50-50, like we had this kind of good. No, it's a 50-50, this. but there's also that uh, one team in, in each 50-50 that makes it yeah, equal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what I'm saying. But, well, what yin I'm and yang is, is, is a balance between dark and light. Yes. Yeah. Where each has a component of the other. That's the key. I'm saying that, yes. as long as that dark exists in any sort of percentage, <clears throat> right? Which I think, I think um, <clears throat> whatever next evolutionary step we, we take... That she's going to become more like 60 40, hopefully. You would hope that we continue intellectually where we can minimize our instincts. But I, I think because we have these certain instincts, like my my ideal free will, right? Be like, yo, I can get up, do this shit, stuff every day the way I want to. That was That's going to get me to this point. But if I was able to do that, you know, just like full, I'd be a robot in a way. Yeah. I wouldn't have any instincts. Yeah, I'd be 100% intellect. Or I wouldn't have any animal to me, you know what I'm saying? The way we look at animals, like, like they don't have free will in a sense. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. they, they go off by their instincts. Fortunately, we don't go off instincts as much as dumb. Like, but like, we do. Let's say and we, that's why I, don't, I wouldn't but consider But we all have, have base instincts. Yes, yes. Tempered by consciousness. Yeah. And experience, that, in, my, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and the idea of, you know, getting along with each other in, in, a, in a social environment. We're not feral. We're not mm-hmm. all separate. Exactly. Yeah. We, so we've been living in communities because in, you, there's an argument for that. Yeah. We we by nature need other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, humans, we, we, whenever yeah. some of the greatest thinkers have gone away from people, so, you know, people are crazy. They do horrible things, and society's nuts. And I want nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Thoreau went off oh, into yeah. the woods by yeah. himself, <clears throat> and he's you know I, I'm I'm not participating in this madness anymore. <laughs> And he realized it's madness to not participate in this madness. Participating in this madness, contribute to it, try and make it a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like uh, try to sway someone's views or something. Well, you know, if you walk down the street, like, and, and you just exchange a smile, something, something was said 
Everybody now everybody's gonna smile back, but somebody's gonna smile yeah, back, and they're gonna appreciate that smell more yeah, than no. My local Dunkin' Donuts and Shell's gas station. It's kind of like the little center of, my, of the village in my neighborhood on Alton yeah, yeah. Avenue. And when I go in there for coffee, I find people holding the door open for other yeah, people. That's and it's, very rare. And, and by the way, people on the streets aren't buying into this, uh, this this political dichotomy that we're supposed to buy into right now. That shouldn't exist in the uh, first place. Yeah, yeah and, and, but most but real people on the ground aren't, I, to my observation, are not buying into it. Mm. You know, uh, so people, people, it's a mixed neighborhood in my neighborhood, and people are holding the door for each other and smiling for, to, at one another. And saying thank you, these little things. Look, man, you know, you just drop, drop a little bit of a, a pebble into a still lake. It's the ripples, ripples out, are, you yeah, know, crazy. The the ripple effect, you know. When you inspire someone else to, to, to smile, when you take the initiative and smile first, the next time they might smile first to For someone else. else who needed it more than they did. Yeah. yeah, no, I get you, of course. But then comes into play. Um, one's own moral compass because mm -hmm. everyone's born the same way through a mother because of a father at some point but not everyone has the like, same experiences or you know life meanings or whatever but what sucks the most is the fact that some for some people doing one thing can be wrong in one's eyes and it could be right in another oh the mor right. moral relativism is, is 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 no easy thing man mm -hmm. yes you know uh uh, a, who, who, a person who bombs a a a a a, 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 a abortion center in their or you know a terrorist in, in, in their eyes is a freedom fighter. Yeah, exactly. They're doing something that they For believe God's work. Is, yes. this is God's work. This is this is the good and the right. You know, in in the Civil War, both sides were, were praying to God and say, you know, God's on yeah. in any war. It's so it's God's on our side. Yeah, God's, right? side. Yeah, <clears throat> God's going. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> You're both yeah, wrong. On, 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 Humans are wrong. I should <laughs> have done this another way. You know, how, how, how the Catholic Church became the official state religion of Rome was Constantine seeing this vision of the Christos in the sky and getting a message, you know, you will, yeah, under this the, sign, the, the Byzantines you will come. and all that shit. Yeah, that was in the years. Year, about, three, about 325, you know, Christianity was, you can, you, you can get eaten by a lion for being a Christian. Yeah. But just before the Battle of the Milvian Bridge, it seemed to be critical for Constantine, his rise to power as, as the uh, as the uh, as this big cheese as the emperor. Yeah, exactly. He uh, he sees this 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 Christos in the sky, and the sign tells him, "Under this sign, you will conquer." And I'm thinking, Jesus is going, "I don't see any fucking such thing. What are you talking about?" <laughs> you know. Again, even go like fast forward a couple hundred years, like the the Crusades. Each Crusade was because of their God telling them. Oh, or telling their hero who led the march toward Jerusalem, this is why we're doing Both Muslim this. and Christian were absolutely convinced that it's God's will that our side be victorious. Well, and when they won, they felt like they were right. That they're justified. That's how they exactly. got justified, yeah. But again, history is only written by the winner. By the victors, so, absolutely. So, at that, at, so at that point, you never, like half of history has never been told simply because of the losers, they were fucking slaughtered. They were done. They're gone. You don't hear about them. Maybe faintly or written in some text thousands of years ago. But other than that, you won't fucking know. Because at this point, the history... Whoever, it was Napoleon that said that to it. Napoleon was very real for, for 
conquering yeah, lunatic. Lunatic, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he was really quite real. You know, he, he's the one, maybe he's the only one who, who publicly said, you know, you know, not for anything, but uh, the winners write down the history, you know. And I'm not that short. <laughs> I'm not I'm short, guys. You this short is relative. Yeah. Don't judge me. This motherfucker. Uh, what was it? Yo, honestly, I think Napoleon was taller than me, dog. No, Napoleon was. was no, he was five seven. Was he? He was. Yeah, nine, I heard that he was. Fake I heard, news. I heard he was listen, above see, average. Like you definitely was, listen to. You definitely uh, listen to him. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> Dude, that uh, no. Napoleon was like five seven. Look up Napoleon's height. Well, can, 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 can you trust the CNN. Exactly. Okay. You exactly. have to go to Fox well, 5 for all the current. For, for, for all real facts, you go to Fox 5. Yep, 5-7. Five, 5-7, seven. Five, seven. there you go. See, so with the source. What do guys, I know? I think what he, the point he was making, and it's fun to joke about, but I think the point he was making was, you know, you, you got to question the source of everything you hear ever. Of course. If, 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 we, if you're reminding us that, that history is written by the victors, that means we're not getting the truth of the story. Mm-hmm. Or both sides. You know, so, so in, in today's world where... It's these these two psychopaths uh, on the extremes, and they're both saying, "No, you, your 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 source wrong, of information, my, you're, you're inaccurate." So you know you have this whole relativism about the source of information. I think that's always been the case. How do you? So how do someone you has to use their own individual decipher. Yeah. Uh, what's the word for decipher? Um, uh, judgment. Uh, um, ju- um, of judgment. It'll come to yeah, you. Judgment. 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 Yeah, judgment. Your own individual judgment. You know, discernment is the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 you have to ju- you have to rely on yeah. your your own good sensibilities of, as to what you're going to listen to, what makes sense, and your discernment about uh, what, what, how you look into information. But in in that same context, when like especially in those times, would it be better to like think as your own individual or go with the masses because if you were your own individual and thought like slightly different from what the masses thought such a you're point. dead you're Dude, fucking such, murdered somebody was just talking about this and was it on Joe Rowan I'll, I'll, I'll remember and tell you about it so you, you can go listen to it I know, but they were uh, talking about private feelings and then public yeah and that that, that uh, like Saddam Hussein would uh, accuse somebody of being a traitor and they in an auditorium and they'd be let out and executed, and the people who oh, were in the audience. Uh, no, would, that's uh, this guy's uh, favorite politician. What's his name? Uh, Mussolini. That's your favorite. You, you're a communist. <laughs> you're, right? you're fascist. Wait, I thought yeah, he was yeah. fascist. What? Mussolini was a fascist. <laughs> no, he's a fascist. Was, uh, no, yeah. no, I'm sorry. It was um, it was uh, Stalin. Stalin. So Stalin. Stalin. There you go. Is uh, his favorite politician over here? It's also, just we have a we have a communist true. on the podcast. His name is Bernie Che. Follow him on Instagram. <laughs> we have a uh, communist, <laughs> Bernie Twenty Twenty. Communism. <laughs> He's like, I'm not a socialist, okay? Call me a democratic socialist. <laughs> that's, that's the actual I just want the ticket, baby. So communism. Okay. Uh, uh, so communism. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's uh, Stalin. Stalin. Uh, whoever didn't clap for him. It, it was uh, basically when Stalin finished a speech, right? When Stalin finished a speech, everyone would stand up and applause. Whoever was the last person to stop applauding was always executed. So what wound what up happening after he made that, that, that a law? Whenever too. he made that a law, whenever he made that a when he made that a law, what wound up happening? It was, it was applause for ten minutes, and what, the people who wound up getting executed was 
people who physically or psychologically couldn't keep up the fucking clapping. <laughs> <laughs> so you got fucking disabled people. Like, like can you imagine your grandma trying to clap for 10 minutes? Like, <laughs> she's your going into respiratory stop, distress. Like, stop, she passes grandma. out. They put a bullet in the back of her fucking head. <laughs> like... Brains all over you. Yeah. Your Sunday's best. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it. Dog, like... That's terrifying. Let's say this. What's your solution to our impending economic recession that seems to be projected? Oh, I wonder why we're going down into a recession all of a sudden. But anyways... Can you let us the know? The biggest issue facing me... Yes. I would say is implementing a Medicare for All system. Um, that's one of the biggest reasons people lose their money. Um, that's pretty much because all it is for me is about kind of bringing more safety nets. We enjoy public schools, yes. even though they're kind of they go down because of GDP per capita, the inequality. GD, more GDP GDP per capita means that we're paying. We you know we have more money to put into like our taxes here. You know what I'm saying? Um, in that way, if you don't have to worry about some kind of medical emergency where like you can go in Canada, you, know, you can break your leg, boom, leave, you don't have to pay for shit. Not I true. should go to Canada. Guy, guy on JRE stated, he, he went in, broke his... make it a fact. <laughs> Shut the fuck All right. up, Nelson. That's not, that's not wrong. <laughs> but if you, I mean, you, I, I just, I, I just thought to him, like to you, you trust him like that much. But that's not, that's also, that's I'm not wrong. I'm sorry, but I'm very critical of people. That's not wrong. I mean, just so is he, but that's not wrong. Well. I see what you mean. But point I is, like that. that's all it is. To me, that's the biggest thing. That would, that would change everything. And maybe free, and maybe free college. It's not even in every Scandinavian country, by the way, just to say. That's just something of my... Okay, again, opinion. like, okay, again, I don't know. I honestly... I'm a layman in this, and I'm lost. But hearing the enthusiasm, the, the you know, the emotions that you guys invoke when you guys talk about this, it feels like you guys both know what you both want. And higher minimum for, wage. Sorry, <laughs> higher minimum wage <laughs> for the people. More than fifteen. Yes. Sure. Why not? But depends what, what inflation but says. Why not? That's the question. Why not? It depends what inflation why not? is. The question is why not? You don't. You don't know. I. But then, you don't I, know I, why I, not. I don't know. I doesn't. I don't. There's so many. It sounds good. On theory, on paper, it sounds <laughs> I know. Great, I know. But that's. But that's again. Most it sounds life, good on paper. Mo, most life is usually good on paper. It's easier said than done. I get that. But it's not even done. I'm, we would vote for it if it was like, why the fuck would we not give somebody fifteen dollars? But why not? To the politicians, it's, it's like capitalism. I don't, wouldn't I don't give know, people fifteen dollars an hour. Because why not? No, you want to know why? Because yeah. in God we trust. In the God that we trust is missing that one letter in that God. It's gold. In gold we trust. It's on your dollar. It's on your coin. It's on every piece of. Money you have on your person, in God we trust. It's not the fact that humans as themselves, as a collective, fear a God. No, their God is more than just a figurative notion or like some being that you can't ever 
grasp. It's more the fact that they use a certain mentality, a certain idea to persuade you to think that our God is something that we aspire to be or to achieve to. But no, you make it every day. You strive for it every day. You work tirelessly to make ends meet. And guess what? On that dollar you use for your rent, for your food, for everything you use, it says, in God we trust. So this, in this society, our God necessarily isn't someone of a higher being. It's someone of a higher material status. So if you have that goal behind you, you are then, in turn, God. In America, in my sense. So it doesn't matter what you believe in. It doesn't matter what amazing ideals you have. If it does not make gold, you are not God, in my opinion. Who's Jordan Peterson? He's a psychology professor from Canada. Okay. He's gotten famous for uh, taking a stand against being uh, bullied by people who demand he use certain words, and he has decided to uh, stand up against it on principle. Yeah. What kind of certain words? What's the principle for? I don't know this man. He, he got into a lot of trouble in Canada because certain of his students demanded to be called they, essentially. You know, if, uh, oh, oh, because of transgender uh, or something? Gender yeah, yeah, uh, equality? Yeah, have okay. to do, have, having to do with um, referring to someone in the third person, like a gender neutral. If they're like gender neutral, yes. yes, uh, yes I forget, they're, they're I forget they the term. Instead of her, he. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, oh, gender pronouns. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Gender yeah. pronouns are, are, are really huge on college campuses now. Yes. <clears throat> so uh, a, 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 a student demanded that you refer to he or she as they. <clears throat> and on principle, he, you know, he thought, you know, first of all, I'd like to call you by your name. But uh, for some reason, this, this really got his cackles up. And he refused to, to be forced and they threatened his job and he even said listen if you can take me to court over this uh, take me to jail I'm, I'm going to go on a hunger strike but uh, I guess, so he had decided to uh, take a stand on it and he didn't get fired and he didn't get you know, Canada is a little bit different from us um, seems so much so but they're also similar you know they're America light mm-hmm. <laughs> you <know>? yeah <laughs> And he has a very American passion. What I mean by that is it's about freedom of speech. Because there's certain places like in France and in Canada where certain words are becoming illegal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, really? Yeah, and that, that, that uh, no free society ought to stand by and allow that. No. So he, on principle, has stood up. To, Look, I'm not going to be forced to use a word or, or not use a word. You know, um, and so he's, he's appeared on Joe Rogan about three times. He's a fascinating man, and uh, to answer Nell's question, that's that's my sense of who who uh, Jordan Peterson is. And he was referring to him before, you know, when he was talking about you know like dealing with uh, your your life first at, at, on the macro on the micro before you uh, demand what should be done on, on the macro. Uh-huh. And and, mm. and the metaphor that, that, that Peterson uses is, you know, uh, listen, you ought to clean your room and, c- and keep a neat room before you address you know, demand what how the macro how we ought to do things as a society. Yeah. So that, that's, in, in a quick nutshell, that's my, my sense of Jordan Peterson. Interesting. I, I, 
I'm sitting over here. Hey, what's going on, guys? Who are you? Okay. I got introduced through Jordan Peterson, right? I was going through a kind of hard time, right? So I got introduced through Jordan Peterson, right? Because I was about to sign up for another year of college. And I was like, why the fuck am I going to do this, right? So I looked on the uh, Jerogan podcast. I've been a fan of the Jerogan podcast for a minute. So I go on Jerogan podcast and I listen to this guy, right? This guy says, hey, I'm a, I'm a psychologist, right? He's a, he says he's a Jungian psychologist. Fuck that shit, right? He's a student of Viktor Frankl. You ever read Viktor Frankl's uh, Man's Search for Meaning? You gotta. Many years ago. So Jesus Christ. Basically, he is a proponent of logotherapy. Logotherapy means that you take on the suffering for the world. You take it on your back like Jesus Christ did, right? You don't make any... Why? Why you take it on the back? Yeah. Okay. What else are you supposed to do with it? I'm not going to take the world suffering on my back. Fuck out of here. I have my own shit to do with. What do you mean take it on your back? Jesus Christ was betrayed by his friends. He was detri- betrayed by his nation. That's He humans. was betrayed by Sounds his like own religion. Crucified. Tortured. Yeah, that's true. Suffered. Right? So there's a belief that no matter how bad life is, right? It's going to be full of suffering, whether you like that or not. There'll be no such thing as a pure communist society because there's no such thing as a utopia, right? And there's a reason for that because there's no such thing as a human society because humans are imperfect. Mm-hmm. Very true. Right? So local therapy kind of accepts the fact that just the fact that you're human is the fact that your life is going to be full of suffering. And you might as well, you might as well. And even embrace it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then even find meaning in it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Exactly. You know, and turn it into something good if you can. And how did Viktor Frankl come to this? Do you remember why? how he came to this? Viktor no. Frankl was a Holocaust survivor. All the people he loved died. And even him. He was able to find meaning in the Holocaust. He was like, I... I saw everyone I ever loved die to this wow. shit. But I, I was able to find meaning through it. You know? So I just, I, I was a huge fan of Jordan Peterson because I felt like at the time I was suffering a lot and I was in a bad place. But I felt like, you know what? I could find some kind of meaning out of this. You know what I'm saying? That's great. Yeah. That's just, just, just great. And also reaffirmed my belief in Christianity. Because before Christianity, oh my God. Really? Christianity was, I was, I was teetering off the edge of Christianity. 11 years of that bullshit. I was teetering off the edge of Christianity until Dr. Until I listened to lectures of Dr. Jordan Peterson, which I love Dr. Jordan Peterson because he was a professor at Harvard University. And I was there, I was a kid who couldn't even afford to go to fucking university. I didn't get somebody to co-sign me. I couldn't fucking afford it. My parents didn't have good fucking credit. I couldn't get a single soul. I, w- I wish. A scholarship sucked my dick. The colleges that I wanted to get, there were no scholarships unless you had a fucking 4.2 GPA. And good luck with that. 
You know what I'm saying? You raise your hand, Joseph. You had a 4.2 GPA in Georgia? Nah, Louis Never. Yeah, fucking risk. Never. The colleges I was looking at, that was shit was impossible. So I took a fucking loan. Meaning even after the loan, I was like, this is dumb. Why the fuck am I going to get a four-year fucking... A four-year piece of paper to fucking get somebody coffee? Mm-hmm. Or fucking... <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Or fucking sell cars on fucking White Plains Road. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm a fucking... I, I got a four-year degree in accounting. I'm selling cars. You know what I'm saying? Major world! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, fuck that shit, bro. That shit ain't me. You know what I'm saying? So so I said, you know what? I'm going to get back home myself, educate myself. So what I did is I went on YouTube. And there, there are a host of professors from Harvard, Columbia, Princeton, Brown. Can you imagine if you're a professor, you spend your whole life trying to... You're, you're, you're trying to convince people like why something that you dedicated your whole life to why it's important and you got these 21 year old kids that all they care about is drinking and fucking and you're trying to convince them why it's important you wrote a whole <laughs> syllabus you wrote up assignments every day two hours straight you're giving them passion heat you're like this is the best I got and they're all on their phones texting so Jordan Peterson felt the same. He was like, these kids don't give up. He was teaching at Harvard University. He said, I don't give up. Man, these kids don't give a fuck what I say. The hardest part about Harvard University, Harvard is getting into Harvard. That's the hardest part about Harvard is getting in. He said, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to take my lectures. I'm going to post it on YouTube. And everybody that replies, I'm going to reply back to them. And I'm going to start a conversation. Because these kids seek, these kids sought out my knowledge. And that's what we did. And that's how I found Jordan Peterson. Because I was struggling and I said, you know what? I need a a revival of my spirit. And I saw him out. I found him on YouTube. And ever since then it's been it's been it's been bliss. I every single question I've every single question that I've ever had about Christianity and religion has been answered by that man. And your single if, if you have any doubts about religion. No, and I, I get that. And but, I, I'll answer it. I, I believe to the that. best of my knowledge, and well, I'm what, nothing. What I'm trying to say so. is, when you think about that, then you realize that there is such a thing as free will, because people who are in the same position would probably choose not to do the exact same thing he yeah. did. He went out about his way, and with his own moral compass, his yeah. own devices, decided to no, fuck that. I don't have to get paid for this. I'm I'm getting paid for it regardless, but. Let's just add an extra, like, teenth on this. Turn it up to 11 real quick. Just so, like, people can, who really want it, can search it out. And it's there for them. Yeah. Because if not, then all my knowledge is going to be wasted. Because all these kids don't fucking care. Yeah. Most of them don't care. What do you feel about modern day education, well, he's, ta- he's talking about uh, things that a lot of 19, 21, 21-year-olds 20, aren't really very interested in. Because it gets very deep and complex. I want to disagree with you about uh, him being union. He, he, he breaks down these uh, biblical passages in two hour, two and a half hour lectures. He's doing it with a union approach. Now, I, I, this could be meaningless to anyone who, who didn't ever take a you know a psych one hundred and one. Yeah. You know the difference between Freud and, and Jung. Yeah. But but Jung was uh, I was. Uh, in, in psychology, and I consider myself, you know, a, a junior Jungian. Okay, you know? yes. And what he talked about 
one of the things that he talked about was the archetypes of the collective unconscious. You know, things like a, a bearded white man or, 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 or a hag in the woods. It's, it's part of, everyone has this, everywhere on earth, at some point, any point in history, mm-hmm. will, will crystallize a certain idea into an image. And that's, yes. a, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, an archetype. Okay. And it's an archetype that is not something in our conscious minds. That's why it's, 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 it was accused of being like Freud, not pure science. Mm-hmm. But, it, but uh, I, I think it was because he would, he would show a difference between what you're capable of realizing in your, in your wakeful consciousness mm-hmm. and the fact that you have a consciousness that you're not aware of, that you're unconscious. That's the whole Freudian thing. Mm-hmm. But to disagree with Nels, he would use this kind of analysis in breaking down Christian passages in the Bible mm-hmm. in, a, in a Jungian way. So I think he's tr- a true Jungian, mm-hmm. to be sure. Why were they... I would, so I would have they... to disagree with that. Okay. Okay, because... Let, let Joe go. Oh, okay. No. Okay, go ahead. So, so why exactly were they pit against each other? I don't remember too much. I only learned of Freud. I don't Honestly, know I'm, the two of them. I'm yeah. very like ignorant in this subject, so like please enlighten me. I have no idea. Okay. Well Jung was a was a student of Freud. Yes. I know that and, much. and Freud became famous for being the, the, the pioneer of the, the idea of an unconscious mind. Yeah. There's I part of that you that you don't well. right and that Jung, everything's a death much, and sex uh, 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 drive. Xanatos yes. uh, and, and Thanatos, I know Th- Thanatos. Thanatos was like this, the end of life. And shit. Yeah, well, the, this death drive and the sex drive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, and, and then you unconsciously want to have sex with your mom. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I this this pissed off people. Yeah, okay. And Jung <laughs> w- wanted to just break away, and he was, you know, I, I believe in the unconscious mind, but I think you know, because he he would say whenever you smoke a cigar. In, in, in the in the deeps of your mind, you want to have oral sex with with another guy. I mean, this this kind of stuff was what people were getting angry with him about. And he was mm-hmm. just saying, "Look, it's your unconscious mind. You have no choice about it." Mm-hmm. And I show you your dreams to prove it. And Jung went, "Okay, listen, I'm with the dreams. I'm just not following through with you on, on all your conclusions." Yeah. So Jung, to answer your question, mm-hmm. to the best of my ability, Carl Jung uh, is an advocate of the unconscious mind. Okay. But he became more. Uh, an advocate of these archetypes of the collective unconscious and analyzing dreams from that perspective okay. that, that all mankind all womankind all has a, a uh, is, is sort of connect, collect, connected yes at, 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 the, at the mental level yeah. through the unconscious mind so it's the collective that. unconscious I definitely believe that and then he would break down biblical stories in, in, the, in the New Testament mm-hmm. on that basis and that, that's how I see it my understanding of it so that's my my question I mean my answer to your question is that that's the, the fundamental and the, the basic crux of Jung breaking away from Freud okay, okay. wait but why don't you think Peterson is a student of Carl Jung I do think he is oh he is oh god yeah oh yeah well, he's totally a Jungian fuck Freud <laughs> fuck Freud. Oh, God, Freud yeah, is, okay, yeah. okay. I will Other correct myself because I'm being the, very uh, callous. I'm being fucking jokingly fucking an asshole. But Freud had some good points. But if it wasn't oh, for Freud, Freud there'll be yo, no Jung. But Jung was like, okay, Freud had some good shit, but he was kind of off. But if it wasn't for him, I, I wouldn't even get into this shit. 
Yeah, Freud would, you know would tell saying? you you, you want to smoke a cigar. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he would smoke a cigar himself, and then he would say, "Oh, come on! Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar." <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Dude, pick like one. Freud to pick you. one. He can't okay. be yeah. both sides. Yeah. yeah, I feel you. I feel you. So, so you moved on into me a much more interesting way. So, how did Freud attack the unconscious? One, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. One of my favorite quotes of Carl Jung is, "You don't have ideas. Ideas have you." Mm. That's great. <laughs> That's interesting. Good. Oh, you know, very saying? interesting. That's Which, because you can't. It makes me question free will. The, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people will Going say against that. my argument. A lot of people will say. I was waiting for one of you, you guys to say this. A lot of people will say, "No, man, you're programmed to have those things that you think is your own ideas." Mm-hmm. And but that that just goes up its own ass as far as, far as I'm concerned. Of course, that so argument. Yeah. You know, Everybody uh, is their own individual. Because you know, people, you, you know, there's just no way of proving that. You know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'd rather believe in, in actual sovereign free will, beca- and I believe in my argument for it. At least I have an argument for it. That is just saying, no, you're pre-programmed. Mm-hmm. You're okay, so, 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 so there, there is a, pro- a program of all the cosmos, and he's mm-hmm. programming, progra- programming all of us to think that we have our own thoughts, but we don't. No, how, how, to me, the argument is, lacks logic. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it makes sense. I, what I would say to that, or at least I, not really... Not to contribute, but more just to like make you think about. So, you ever like why are things the way they are? Like why is gravity even a thing? Why does hot even make you feel hot? You know what I'm saying? Like, is that not in itself sort of some kind of? Well, nothing would have any code. N- nothing would have any meaning. Well, you know, the thing I think, and I, I'm not trying to claim. I, I, I got this all down. Like, why does a fire burn me? But there, there, nothing has any meaning if there is no opposite of it. Yeah. That's why there has to be yeah. evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why there has to of be course. dark. Yeah. There's something there. You know, it has to be. Nothing can exist and have any meaning mm-hmm. without being in opposition to something. Okay. Or all is relative, too, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, what's up and, uh, and what's down, ultimately? Yeah. Well, it's only up or down in relation to something. It's only hot or cold. In relation to something, needs else. a frame of reference. But now, would that be because of multiple like generations of that same notion embodied in us, or would it be because of your own moral compass after your own life experiences? Would that make would whatever you experience in life would that make what you think something is good, or to others it's evil, or vice versa? Because at that what's point, disturbing to me is that there is moral relativism, and that. Absolute morality, absolute goodness, seems to be a matter of perspective. Yes, most definitely. Yeah, and, and that's real difficult to deal with. Because not everybody's on you know, the as, same as, page. Yeah. As, as Jordan Peterson would say, it, 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 it's not obvious to me, you know, what, obvi- what, what absolute good is, you know. Yeah. The, the way he said, well, it, it's a problem. So you, we were talking about one's own moral compass and a sovereign mind to think for oneself. What, 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 what's good to you? Well, for me, it's kindness, compassion, and, and dealing with suffering and disagreements in life without killing each other. Yes. And recognizing that utopia means nowhere for a reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There cannot be a perfect community of human beings. It's not going to happen. Never will It's happen. never going to happen. And by the way, it, you know, if it did, it might be the boring scenario we were talking about before. Yeah, exactly. So we have the situation, being a human community, 
it's never going to be perfect. It's, it's impossible. But we can do this as ladies and gentlemen, and we can do this in a way that uh, we grow from, I think. We all mutually benefit. And we can, and I hope we can have productive debates about moral relativism. You know, I think um, one of the coolest um, examples of, of moral relativism is how Jesus says, turn the other cheek. But I don't know if you've heard of David Hume. But he would Hume? Yeah. Sure. He would say to do so is immoral. To turn the other cheek is immoral. To not protect yourself is immoral. Right. Yeah. I agree with that one hundred percent. Yeah. Because I'm I'm at the point in my life where for example, and again I brought this on the podcast, blessed are the meek, right? Blessed are the meek. Lost in translation. Blessed are the meek does not mean blessed are those who doesn't matter how many times you get slapped in the mouth. You turn the other cheek. Does not mean that. You translate it. Right? Um, it was lost in language. Meek, what truly means from. Um, holy shit. What was the language that. Uh, Aramaic. Aramaic. Aramaic, yes. Aramaic. When you translate from Aramaic, when they go back to scriptures, but, you know, as, as we all know. Christianity can get a little bit yeah. lazy. Once people yeah. believe something, they keep with it. Yeah. Right? It believes. Blessed are the man who knows he's capable of evil, but holds it to a restraint. Capable, of, blessed is wow. the man yeah, we're who. We're all capable of good and evil. Blessed, but if you, you, you're aware of it and yeah. you choose not, not to hurt to, anyone, that blessed, gives you merit, not that you're programmed uh, to be only good. Yes. That give, now you have the, the. He had this idea of the anima and the animus. So we just started talking about the idea that we're all capable of terrible things, you know. And we remember I, I brought up the uh, the, the uh, experiments in in uh, in authority uh, in the 1960s and 70s. Uh, the name will come to me, but the the idea that we're all capable of un unbelievable cruelty and darkness and kindness and compassion, but we have the choice, and that when you make that choice, now you're responsible for it. If you choose to to rape and murder, then you you, you you gave in to that side of, of your being, mm -hmm. because we all have both in here. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that when, but it, it to me it gives you merit to recognize. Okay, I'm going to choose compassion and goodness as a, as a choice, not a, not a programming, not not as a conscious choice. I'm a conscious being. I'm aware that I am. I'm aware that I have the choice, and I made that choice. Now my problem with that is like, what do you say to the atheist like neuroscientist Sam Harris who says, you don't have a choice. You make choices based on your physiology, your brain chemistry. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, when when someone has, uh, I have it in my family, uh, schizophrenia. It's when your brain chemistry is such that you're you're perceiving the world completely distorted in a horribly distorted way. And then you can't be responsible for the, the, the decisions you make. You can't be responsible for your thought process. Right? Mm -hmm. um, and, the, and Sam Harris would say, even a normal, healthy person, mm -hmm. you are, and, and, it's, and the other person was saying this lately too, and this is heavy stuff, I want to deal with this, and I want to deal with it honest, honestly, because it's difficult. Robert Greene, the guy who wrote the 48 Laws of Power, is now talking about, you know, listen, your product, and this goes back to the nature versus nurture. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I never was one to be all nature, all, nur all nurture. Of course. To me, it's obvious that it's a combination of both. Yeah. Yeah. The economy. You know what they're what they're saying. Um, 
Sam Harris and Robert Greene is your product of your environment, yeah, but your product of your brain chemistry. And you can't choose what your brain chemistry is, so how can you claim that you, you, know, you have total and, and, and pure free will? He's got a good point. Yeah. Very true, very true. I mean, the easiest way to... He's a challenging yeah. guy. Mm -hmm. yeah. Stanley Milgram, Authority Experiments. You guys know about this? No, I'd like, no. To, I'd like to share it with you. You can. So please, I, um, please. I think Nelson knows about this. Uh, Stanley Milgram asked people to come into a, a, uh, an environment where behind a glass uh, divider would be a person who's subject to tests that you're giving them. And every time they answered wrong, you gave them an electric shock. Oh, okay. I think I know about this. So, you know, Is that positive they, reinforcement? Uh, like you're talking about? Or? Yeah. Sort of. Mm, like it makes yeah. you want to, like, uh, like, side with the masses rather than think for yourself. Okay. Like, if you choose to be with everybody else who don't get, who doesn't get electroshocked, then you rather stay on the side what you don't get. Essentially, because there was a person with a lab coat and glasses and a clipboard standing by the person who's administering the electric shock. And whenever that person answered an incorrect, answered incorrectly, you get more of a worse electric shock. Okay? Now, Here's where the experiment lies. It's not in what that person can take or the, the, the experiment was the fact that the person administering the shock wasn't aware that he was the one being experimented on or he or she. That the person in the lab coat, the idea was the person who's an authority figure is telling you administer a shock. Mm -hmm. And you go, but they don't know the answer. Administer the shock. It's part of the experiment. Continue, please. And they would admit it, and they would, and, and the person now wow. would be going from ow or ah to borderline screw someone, one of them, and again they're an actor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're acting as though, and some of them, if you hear this, they're pretty good. There's one of them's like screaming in agony, and most people in this experiment did what the figure of authority told them to do, and only one it was a woman, and I think that is noteworthy. We got to get our shit together as guys, because a woman will be, seems to be more. I don't. I don't want this to be the case. I'm compassionate, but this one woman said, "Excuse me, no, I'm leaving. I'm not participating. I don't know what this is, but I'm leaving." Where and this, there was dozens of people. This was done in a scientific way, mm -hmm. and with yeah. both sexes, and of often course. was women yeah, who, who who continued as well. Controlled and uncontrolled, like so. Tests. You know. Yes. So okay. So uh, that's you know, perfect. That's what, great. What, what's wow. going on in the in 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 the in the moral compass? In the, in the cognitive process, the cognitive process is how we, what process by which we control our thoughts and focus our thoughts. What in the cognitive and moral compass of a person will allow them to be told by an authority figure to administer a shock to another human being when they're screaming in there in agonizing pain? Innate selfishness. That's what the, the Stanley Milgram experiments were. Wow. Innate selfishness, talking about that. Because to me, that's the whole reason why I. I, I knew from an early age, I was like, I can never join like the army or something like that because it would require... Pussy. S <laughs> it's something like, if I, don't com if I don't, don't completely believe in the... Whoever is running that said faction or army, whatever, if I don't really... Com like, for them to like just pound in this kind of... um way to be this kind of um lifestyle this kind of um yo you have to do this you if we say you do this, this you yeah. do this right. it's too close to being programmed in a sense well, well, no you're being programmed yeah what, what the let me have a name here 
<laughs> you, you are stripped down and rebuilt. You're part of something, and please correct me if I, I know whether you want to participate, but uh, in the presence of the Marine, of the Marine I, I want to speak as, as accurately and respectfully. Which they're brave as hell, by the way. <laughs> brave as hell. They, they are, but they're trained to be brave. They're trained to, to, to uh, master their fear. They're trained to, they, their individuality is ripped from them, essentially, and rebuilt. Mm-hmm. They, they, some people say, that's okay, man, we're going to take your son, we're going to make a man out of him. Because we're gonna strip him of his fears and, and his and his what he he or she regards as their personal identity. You're gonna eat shit and uh, and shower and shower. When we tell you, you'll do it together. And and uh, paramount is you will obey orders. Because if anybody doesn't obey orders, this 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 falls. This, 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 this uh, any any military organization is gonna fall to shit. Yeah. And I I, I but I admire what you're saying from the, from. My original perspective about that as a kid, and it still hasn't really changed. And that is, I want to I want to have a conversation about what you're saying, mm-hmm. because when you when you join, out of your free will, not not now two two different things, being yeah, yeah. drafted and joining. Yeah. When you enlist, you say, I believe in my country, mm-hmm. that it represents what's good and right, that this is an imperfect society, that we are uh, uh, participating in what seems to be to me. The last best attempt at a democratic republic based on the sovereignty of the individual and getting along on, on the law of the, of the land of, 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 uh, of uh, due process mm-hmm. and, and, uh, and the idea that there's something very special happening here. Mm-hmm. So, but then they, so they join, but what, what if a, a war comes up that they are in disagreement with? Yeah. They have to fight that war. Yeah. So that is the crux of your, your point. That, yeah, exactly. That, that if, you know, I've joined now, mm-hmm. but I have to do something that I find immoral. You know, uh, how about the guys that enlisted? And then Vietnam came up. And, this is madness. And, and, and Vietnam vets have openly spoke, spoken about this. I had to follow orders. But I was doing something that was clearly immoral. Go firebomb that village. Take the flamethrower. And no, I'm not. You can't say no. I'm not, not going to do that. You can't. You, you can't do that. Okay. Humans, you know, so this imagine. brings up this idea that well, moral relativism. Because what was the, the answer that Nazi, so, uh, so soldiers and generals, uh, gave to how can you go along at Nuremberg? How the hell can you go along, with sending hundreds of thousands of people to their deaths in gas chambers, and tell me you have a conscience? Tell me. Well, we were just I'd following fall orders. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can you can abandon responsibility of your moral actions, but in a way there can't be a, an effective military force unless you do abandon responsibility. It's there's a and there's a terrible choose, a paradox there. It's yeah, very, very disturbing. Very, very much.